Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Welcome back to another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. Dr. Casey Grover back again as your host. Two very interesting observations as we start this episode. First, I've been doing this podcast for an entire year. My first episode was on May 3rd of 2021. I'm very proud that I have been able to keep up with two or more episodes a month for the past year. I really love doing these episodes and I learn a ton doing them. So addiction in emergency medicine and acute care will be keeping on going strong. Second, I am amazed that in the entire year I've been doing this, I haven't yet covered stimulants once. I see so many people using particularly methamphetamine in my practice. Perhaps this is because there really aren't as many good treatments for stimulants as there are for other substances. I keep joking that we need a methaboxone to help people get off meth the way suboxone gets people off of opiates. So... In this episode, we're going to look at a recent study on medications for methamphetamine use disorder. The article is from the New England Journal of Medicine in 2021. The lead author is Madhukar Trivedi, and the title of the article is Bupropion and Naltrexone in Methamphetamine Use Disorder. And before we start... I remember when this article came out, I sent it to all of my colleagues before I read it. Yes, yes, we finally have a treatment for methamphetamine use disorder. So let's get right in to a deep dive on this article to see if my excitement was warranted. As usual, the article begins with the standard introduction section. The authors highlight the problem, quote, there has been a rise in methamphetamine use disorder in the United States, particularly in the Midwest and West, where methamphetamine is a leading cause of overdose deaths, end quote. Yeah, that's a bit of an understatement. Where I work, it seems that it's at least twice a shift that we get a patient brought to the emergency department in restraints with methamphetamine psychosis. And by the way, meth psychosis is a topic we'll be covering soon, so stay tuned. Back to the article. The authors point out that there are no medications approved for the treatment of methamphetamine use disorder, and we really need a treatment. Apparently, both bupropion and naltrexone used alone have shown some positive efficacy in clinical trials for methamphetamine use disorder. Moving on to the mechanism of action for each medication here, I am going to augment what the authors include in their introduction section with a little knowledge of my own to help understand why these two medications are being used. Bupropion, as we know from the episode on smoking cessation, is an antidepressant. However, the authors dig a little deeper into the mechanism. 
Bupropion acts through the norepinephrine and dopamine systems and actually causes an increase in dopamine levels in the brain, which is why it seems to work in treating addictive things like smoking. Also, as people come off of methamphetamine, they often have profound dysphoria. Methamphetamine causes the release of dopamine in the brain and blocks reuptake. As the brain adapts to chronic meth use, dopamine levels rise less and less with continued use of methamphetamine, and then there's a point at baseline where dopamine levels are very low, which is experienced as dysphoria. You can refer to the episode on the neurobiology of addiction for a review on how that works. So, an antidepressant that causes an increase in dopamine could be really helpful for the dysphoria associated with methamphetamine use and the cessation of methamphetamine use. Moving on. Naltrexone is a long-acting opiate antagonist, and it can be helpful in the treatment of various addictions. While the mechanism as to how it is effective outside of opiate use disorder isn't fully worked out, the basic idea is that the stimulating and reinforcing effects of various substances, like alcohol, or behaviors like binge eating in the brain involve multiple neurotransmitter systems. One of them is the endogenous opioid system. Pleasurable activities or substances involve the release of endogenous opioids, which causes opioid receptor activation and increased dopamine release in the reward centers of the brain. So, naltrexone blocks the effects of opioids and therefore can block the release of endogenous opioids from these pleasurable activities or substances which is why some people don't enjoy certain foods as much when they take naltrexone. Anna Lemke, the addiction psychiatrist from Stanford, actually writes about a patient of hers in her recent book, Dopamine Nation, who had to stop naltrexone as it reduced the pleasurable taste of bacon. And apparently for that patient, bacon was so important, they had to stop the medication. Okay, back to the paper. There was apparently a small trial in the past that suggested that bupropion and naltrexone could be helpful for methamphetamine use disorder, so the authors decided to design a bigger study, which they did in this study. Moving on to the methods. This was a randomized, double-blind trial. It ran from 2017 until 2019. They compared long-acting naltrexone, at a dose of 380 milligrams every three weeks, and that's important because it's more frequent than dosing for alcohol or opiate use. And they also gave extended release bupropion at a dose of 450 milligrams daily, and they compared those two drugs together as a treatment regimen versus placebo in adults with moderate to severe methamphetamine use disorder. The trial ran for 12 weeks in two six-week blocks. Block one was a randomization of placebo and the treatment group in a three-to-one ratio. Block two took all of the patients who did not respond in that bigger placebo group and then re-randomized them one-to-one placebo versus treatment. Participants visited the clinic two times per week for urine drug screens and assessments. Trial clinicians who were blinded 
met with participants and assessed them weekly, and both groups, importantly, got counseling. Participants were aged 18 to 65, and they needed to want to quit or reduce methamphetamine use, and they were recruited through a variety of advertisements in various formats, online, print ads, etc. Participants had to meet the criteria for moderate or severe methamphetamine use disorder based on DSM-5 criteria, and they had to have used meth recently. They also, given the mechanism of naltrexone, could not have been using opiates recently, and given the side effect profile of bupropion, could not have any condition that caused seizures or increased the risk of seizures and participants were excluded if they were already currently enrolled in a treatment for their methamphetamine use disorder. On to the measurements. What did they measure? The primary outcome was three methamphetamine-negative urine tests out of a possible four at the end of either of the two blocks, meaning in the last two weeks of either block, the authors wanted to see at least three out of the four urine drug screens be negative for methamphetamine. And this, let's be clear, is a low bar. They wanted a reduction of meth use by 75% or more. I would be thinking about complete cessation as a goal. But then again, given how destructive meth is, maybe 75% decrease in methamphetamine use is a win in and of itself. Other things the authors measured as secondary outcomes included the percent of all urine drug screens that were negative for meth, methamphetamine cravings, which were measured at appointments, depressive symptoms, which were measured at appointments, and response to treatment, which was measured by a scale called the Treatment Effectiveness Assessment, which looks at overall quality of life, and this was also assessed at each appointment, and they looked at side effects. So, on to some results they were able to recruit 403 participants. 109 of that group got the treatment, naltrexone plus bupropion in block one. 114 patients got the treatment, naltrexone plus bupropion in block two. So once again, 403 total participants, 109 got the treatment in block one, 114 got the treatment in block two, the rest got placebo. Here's the breakdown of the demographics. The average age was 41, 69% were male, 71% were white, 39% were employed, and the average number of days per month of meth use before the trial was 27, so pretty high. What did they find? A quick clarification here that the terms block and stage are used interchangeably here to describe the two parts of the study. For the primary outcome, which again is three negative methamphetamine urine tests at a possible four at the end of either of the two blocks. So at the end of the first stage, 16.5% of people in the treatment group, that's about one in six, achieved this outcome, compared to 3.4% in the placebo group, about one in 29, achieving that outcome of those three negative urine tests for methamphetamine. Moving on to the second stage, 11.4% of people in the treatment group, about 1 in 9, achieved this outcome, and 1.8 in the placebo group, about 1 in 56, achieved this outcome. 
So putting the two stages together, 13.6% of people in the treatment group, about one in seven, achieved the outcome of three out of four urine tests being negative for methamphetamine, and 2.5% in the placebo group, about 1 in 40, achieved this outcome. And the difference was statistically significant. So, a little analysis of my own here. That's an absolute reduction in meth use, as defined by their primary outcome, by 11.1%, which is a number needed to treat of 9. And actually, when you think about it, if we're reducing methamphetamine by at least 75%, Treating nine people to get a successful outcome is not bad. Moving on to the secondary outcomes. The percentage of meth-negative urine samples was overall 6.8% higher in the treatment group versus the placebo group when they combined the results of both stages. In terms of cravings, the methamphetamine craving scores were, when totaled between both stages, about 10 points lower on a visual analog scale in the treatment group as compared to the placebo group. The total scale was 0 to 100, so this was a 10% reduction in cravings. In terms of safety, there were an equal number of serious adverse events in each group, but they didn't really discuss what those events were. Side effects were more common in the treatment group with as many as 38% of people who received bupropion and naltrexone reporting nausea Less common side effects that were more common in the treatment group included also vomiting, constipation, dry mouth, and dizziness. All right, on to the discussion. The authors review the results and highlight that while the secondary outcomes did show a trend towards benefit with the treatment of bupropion and naltrexone over placebo, they did not calculate confidence intervals, and so no definite conclusions can be made about the secondary outcomes more research is needed. The authors then reiterate the point that I made about the number needed to treat. Bupropion plus injectable naltrexone reduced meth use as compared to placebo by 11.1%, which is a number needed to treat of nine. And we just need to remember that their definition of reduction in meth use is by 75% or more, not total abstinence. So they come to a conclusion. Quote, in persons with moderate or severe methamphetamine use disorder, treatment with the combination of extended-release injectable naltrexone and daily oral extended-release bupropion over a period of 12 weeks resulted in a higher response than placebo, end quote. And that's the end of the article. Now, one other point before we start wrapping things up with some take-home points. I was working in the ED the other day, and one of our local drug treatment programs sent a patient with methamphetamine and alcohol use disorders to our emergency department for an evaluation. The patient apparently had eloped from the treatment program during a relapse, and the treatment program was hoping we, in the emergency department, could do something to help her cravings. Kind of a lofty ask for the emergency department, but oh well. And so one of my colleagues in addiction medicine and I were contacted by the treating physician in the emergency department with a kind of a help, what do I do with this? Considering the findings of this paper and considering that naltrexone can work to reduce cravings in alcohol use disorder too, both of us offered up naltrexone with or without bupropion. And the treating physician said, oh yeah, 
like Contrave. And I thought, Contrave? I hadn't heard of this drug. So, Contrave is a brand name for a combination of naltrexone and bupropion at a dose of 8 milligrams of naltrexone and 90 milligrams of bupropion as a pill. It started at that dose of 8 and 90, and it's increased over time to 4 pills a day for a total dose of 32 milligrams of naltrexone and 360 milligrams of bupropion, and it's prescribed for weight loss. The data on it is actually pretty interesting. The number needed to treat is 4 to achieve at least a 5% weight loss. It turns out that the exact mechanism in promoting weight loss isn't completely understood, but it's thought to be by reducing the rewarding effects of food and therefore reducing food intake. So it's almost the exact same mechanism as by which this combination of drugs works on methamphetamine by reducing the rewarding effects of the drug while supporting mood and dopamine levels in the brain. Fascinating stuff. Makes me wonder what else naltrexone and bupropion can be used for to treat. Maybe that's a future podcast episode for this podcast. Okay, let's wrap this up with some take-home points. Number one, methamphetamine use disorder is a huge problem and we currently don't have any approved treatments. Number two, in this study on oral bupropion and long-acting injectable naltrexone, the authors defined successful treatment of methamphetamine use disorder for this study as a 75% or more reduction in meth use. The combination of bupropion and long-acting injectable naltrexone helped patients meet that criteria for successful treatment for methamphetamine use disorder at a rate of 11.1% more than placebo. That's a number needed to treat of nine. And number three, when deciding whether or not your patients in your practice would be a candidate for this treatment regimen, it's worth sitting down with some colleagues at your institution to work out the details or develop a treatment protocol. Both medications, naltrexone and bupropion, have some serious contraindications like seizure disorders and opiate use that should be considered before starting. Also, this treatment program and regimen involved injectable naltrexone, which may not be on your formulary, and any follow-up care for patients on this regimen would need to be able to continue injectable naltrexone. And that's all I've got for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.